You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. He's Brandon Lee Gouton. And BLG, it feels good, baby. We're back on Tuesdays. The season is here, and we are home. We are back on Tuesdays as of this publishing stats, as of this recording. A little peek behind the curtain. It's still Monday here. Um, obviously, we have to make these schedules work with training camp and everything going on. Obviously, we'll have much more of a maybe normal format once we get to the season. But hey, we're back on Tuesdays. Everyone's favorite podcast in the entire world. It's great to be back. We are loaded today. The news is coming in faster than you could scroll through your Twitter. It's out of control. A uh, couple big topics we're going to get to today. First is we're still going to react to the Carson Wentz injury because that's obviously the biggest news of the week so far. I know RJ Ochoa and the boys on Monday Football Monday were all over it. Uh, you should also check out Stampede Blue for the latest news. That's our Colts team community, so make sure you check them out for news. Uh, but I want to get into it a little bit with you, BLG, because I know that you are the most objective source mm-hmm. for Carson Wentz information <laughs> through all your time covering the Philadelphia Eagles. But you do have a unique perspective about him that certainly I don't have. So I want to ask you about that. And then after we talk about the Wentz stuff, we'll take a break and we'll get into some stock up, stock down training camp stories because, like I said, the news is fast and furious. Um, Carson Wentz. Oh, boy. There are so many different angles to go with on this one. Uh, If you don't know, foot injury surgery for Carson Wentz, the timetable for him to return BLG. Let's start with that. Five to 12 weeks. (laughs) Mike Rabel laughed in his press conference when I told him about it. Like that is a pretty broad range, don't you think? Yeah, it doesn't really narrow it down too much. It could be (laughs) either like week one and he could be fine or it could be into October or so, which, you know, not great. And obviously, one thing I've been pointing out about this as as I've been talking about it since it relates to the Eagles um, is that even if slash when Carson Wentz gets on the field stats, he's missing an entire training camp like to get acclimated with new new teammates. And I know he's worked with Frank Reich before. Obviously, we all know that. But this is still a different offense. It's not like the exact, you know, 2017 Eagles offense when Frank Reich was still with Carson Wentz last time. So so even when he does get back on the field, like, there's still, like, a learning curve here. Uh, I, this is, it's just really bad news for the Colts. A Colts team that has been trying to figure out uh, you know, once upon a time, we're very blessed with quarterback situations going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck has since just not been able to find any kind of stability since then. No, the Colts have not had a quarterback go wire to wire for all 16 games. They've had it twice in the past seven years. So five out of the last seven years, they have had to deal with multiple quarterbacks because somebody has not gone wire to wire. There's 
There's so much I want to get into with this. The first thing that jumps out to me is how do we go from Carson Wentz is not going to have surgery. He's going to rest and rehab to a day later. Carson Wentz is having foot surgery and he's going to be out five to seven weeks. Like did what changed in that time period? I don't like that. And I really don't like the fact that the Colts messaging on this seems to be a little wonky. When Frank Reich talked to the press, he said all parties involved agreed surgery was the way to go to remove the bone out of the foot. Okay, they agreed that it was the way to go to remove the bone, but how else were they going to get it out of his foot? Were they going to pull it through his nose? Like, of course you need surgery for that. Something about this stinks, BLG. Well, how weird is it that Carson Wentz has apparently had this issue since high school and he's only getting the bone removed now, years later? That makes me wonder, you know, as someone's been covering the Eagles, okay, has this like been impacting Carson Wentz for the past couple seasons or his career or so? Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like maybe now it's worse than ever. He said, you know, there was like a pop in his foot uh, when this first came up a couple of days ago. Uh it's weird to me, stats. I mean, you, it's so hard not to look at how the Colts have not exactly been forthcoming with quarterback injury situations going back to Peyton Manning and then going back to Andrew Luck and then really just take them at face value with this. I think part of the reason, at least my read would be, looking from afar, why there was this talk that Carson Wentz was just going to try to, you know, uh, rest it and see if he can kind of make, you know, do with it is that Carson Wentz is stubborn. And that's honestly a big reason why I to- I've been talking about the Eagles needed to move on from him. Um, but yeah, I think that played a part in it. But I think it kind of just became too apparent that like, look, like rest isn't really going to do anything. Because even if you rest it, it was still being said that he's not going to be able to be as mobile as he might be able to be. And that's a big part of Carson Wentz's game. So like, it just doesn't even make sense if he's not even being able to play at you know max capacity. So uh, I think it kind of just... This is the option they had to do. I know it's not ideal, maybe in the short term, but if you're you, I mean, you're the Colts. You traded two picks for this guy. You presumably believe in him to some level to be your new guy. Like you have to give him, um, I think the best like long term chance if you truly believe in him. This is another thing I don't like, and this is more from Frank Reich. I'm just going to read the quote. Knowing Carson, I'm optimistic. Knowing this is the type of injury you don't have to be pain free to play in. You have to get to an acceptable level of tolerating pain, and then you can start playing. That could happen early. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. That screams to me that they are going to put Carson Wentz back out on the field as soon as is humanly possible, regardless of whether he's fully healed or pain-free or not. And like you said, like that is not setting him or the team up to have success. Well, that's what happened to the Eagles. Uh, stats back in 2018 even you know uh, Carson was coming off the ACL ACL injury and like and he's also ultimately we found out later dealing with a back issue and he was in a lot of pain and now to Carson Wentz's credit he is incredibly tough he's never not going to go out there and try to tough it out if he can but that can also be a detriment when he's not playing at you know as good as he can or maybe Mm -hmm. there's a backup you know in certain situations we've seen before who could be playing better (laughs) because they're healthy Um, but you know so that's never the issue with Carson Wentz in terms of you know not trying to tough it out, but sometimes trying to tough it out is to the detriment to the team. And it sounds like, you know, Carson Wentz in the situation that they're in here, like it's, it's, look at where he is now stats like he wants to prove himself to this new team like that he is the long-term answer and obviously the Colts want to find that out too and I think just to begin with even if he doesn't have to prove himself I think Carson Wentz has a big enough ego to be like I don't want anyone threatening my job like I want to be the guy I want to be there if I can play I'm going to do everything I can 
and that's admirable as a competitor, but it's also not maybe the smartest thing always. We sit here. I'm just like you said, we already pulled back the curtain. It's Monday afternoon. As far as I know, as of this moment, Frank uh, Carson Wentz hasn't even had the surgery yet. And Frank Reich is already talking about him coming back and having to play in pain. Like, I just feel like this whole, nothing about this is good. I feel like this is a, a mess for the Colts. And in a loaded AFC BLG, I'm wondering if I can just cross the Colts off the playoff list right now. I mean, what are they going to do with Jacob Eason? Like, is is, is Eason really going to come in and be something? I mean, this is a player with zero NFL snaps under his belt so far. I was looking at Jacob Eason's college stats recently when this Wentz News first came up stats, and I was not very impressed by anything. Nothing like <laughs> blew me away there. You know, he's a fourth-round pick, obviously. So um, it just doesn't feel like... I just can't see this. Like, I can't see Jacob Eason really. I, so it's interesting. Over the weekend, I saw a number of national NFL writer stats right about how like the Colts are going to be okay if Wentz misses time because their defense is really good. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think I agree <laughs> with that. I mean, they might be okay then or better off than some other teams because of some things they have in place. But like, I don't think they're going to be good. I already had really big questions about them, even if Carson Wentz was healthy being in there. Um, you know, about how they stack up on that division. And I, I felt better about the Titans being the favorite in the AFC South. And I, I still feel that way. It's going to be rough, BLG. Let me just read the Colts' first yeah. seven games. Let's like, because 12 weeks was the timeline that was sort of the maximum timeline that came out. So that would put them, that would put Carson back at around week seven. So let's just assume that that's the case. Here's the schedule for the Colts. Week one, they play home against Seattle. Not an easy game. You're going up against Russell Wilson. Week two, they're home against the Rams, who had the number one defense in the NFL last year. Week three, they're on the road against Tennessee. Week mm -hmm. four, on the road against Miami. Week five, on the road, three straight road games. This one's against Baltimore on Monday Night Football. Then they get sort of a rest in week six because they get to play Houston, which is basically mm -hmm. an expansion team at this point. And then week seven, they're on the road again, Sunday Night Football against the 49ers. I don't know, like you said, that the Colts were going to be okay to begin with. Now you take Carson Wentz away. It's Jacob Eason. That's dicey. So I kind of wonder, you know, what do the Colts do here, Stats? I've been thinking about it because a lot of people are just jumping to the conclusion that the Colts should trade for your favorite player, who you definitely <laughs> didn't rip last year, Nick Foles. And... I think that's like obvious from a standpoint of Frank Reich worked with Nick Foles, but I don't think it's that simple for the Colts. I think this is a dynamic where, again, if they trade for Nick Foles, like I think the door is closed on the Carson Wentz era, like already they've they've already Why? taken the L on the trade because because Carson Wentz is not going to take that. Like Carson Wentz has a big ego, and it's a big problem. As I've, as I've talked about before, and I just don't see like how he's okay with that situation. And look, the Colts don't have to cater to him like that. I agree. But if they want to make it work long term and if they believe in that, which I think they shouldn't, but if they do, then I just don't think they can trade for Nick Foles. Maybe it's Mariota or uh, your boy Jimmy G stats or something. And I almost think they have to do something. I don't think going into the season with Jacob Eason and then Sam Ellinger as your top two quarterbacks is like a real plan. I guess they also signed Brett Hundley too, but again, not a real plan. So where are the Colts? Do you think the Colts can, because that, that's a huge factor in this. Do they consider themselves a potential Super Bowl champion this year? If they do, then I agree with you. I feel like they got to go out and do something. 
if they don't, then maybe they say, hey, we ride with Eason and whatever. You know, we weren't going to win the Super Bowl anyway, so we'll take what comes. What do you think? How do you think the Colts view themselves? I think it's an interesting situation when you factor in Frank Reich is going into the penultimate year of his contract stat. So he's going to be in his last year next season. And, you know, typically in the NFL, head coaches we see get extended at that point. You don't want to have a lame duck head coach typically. I mean, there are situations where maybe it kind of like it has to play out that way. You kind of want to see if he gets that final prove it year. And maybe they'll do that with Reich. I don't know. Um, but I feel like we've talked about this before, kind of like Chris Ballard being overrated. I mean, you know, this trade already not looking so amazing for him. And, you know, I kind of wonder about his viability here too. So when you like consider those things, I feel like there's pressure for this, the Colts to win. Like, right. Like, do they really have the opportunity after kind of like having all these bridge quarterbacks the past few seasons to like take a step back and kind of just like reset and admit, okay, we're going to be bad this year. Like is the owner, is Jim Irsay really going to have the patience to do that? Maybe. Maybe the answer is yes, and I think it would be kind of uh, honest of the Colts to kind of look at this and be like, look, you know, it doesn't make sense to go all in on the situation. Um, but at the same time, uh, I just wonder about, like, how they're going to maintain that relationship with Carson Wentz. That's what I'm most interested about here. Like, like, are they going to already just take the L on Carson Wentz, or are they going to try to drag this thing out and make it work still? I mean, if he comes back, then I guess, you know, he's going to play, and we'll see how that goes. But, like... I'm not even convinced Carson Wentz is going to be back this year at all. Stats again. Oh, how, well, just because of how dishonest the Colts have been before. And also because like the way this thing has evolved, right? Because the way this Carson Wentz injury situation has, or maybe devolved even is like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And then, Oh, actually it's going to be a little bit serious. Oh, and then actually he might like Rappaport at one point was like, he's not going to miss any playing time in the regular season. <laughs> then he's going to miss like maybe like the first week or two. And now we're saying like 12 weeks. So, you know, I'm not going to assume that he's hundred percent going to play. That's fair. And you're right. The progression of events is very sketchy. It definitely calls into question, you know, what we know, what we think we know at this particular moment. Um, I don't, I don't know what you do if you're the Colts. If you think you are a Super Bowl team, maybe your best option is to go back to Phillip Rivers and see if he's interested in mm. coming back. He knows the system, obviously. He was there last year. You know, if you think you're in that moment, it doesn't do you any good to say go out and trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or Marcus Mariota like you brought up because they don't know the system and good luck trying to change the wheels on a moving car and learn the thing as you're getting ready. Like, that's... You don't win a Super Bowl with a quarterback in that situation. So that's pretty dicey. Maybe Phillip Rivers is the way to go. I don't know. It is it is a mess right now in Indy. Like, if you're a Colts fan today, today is a kick in the gut. Your season is already off the rails. I think I would just have to try to give Foles a shot. So I know that means probably, again, the way I explained it, like, like closing the door on Wentz already because I don't think he's going to be very happy when Nick Foles gets traded for and he's in that locker room all of a sudden. Not because Carson Wentz doesn't like Nick Foles, to be clear. I think they're great friends and have a good relationship. But he doesn't want Nick Foles in that dynamic. He doesn't want them in that locker room. He doesn't want the team like, you know, putting this guy in a position to be replaced again. So I think they kind of almost just have to do that in part because, like, I think the price would be reasonable because, like, the Bears can't ask for a fortune here. Like, the Bears, we everyone knows the Bears want to 
get rid of Nick Foles because keeping him at his current price as a third string quarterback, like doesn't even make sense for them. Like, like it makes sense for them to get rid of him. So I think, you know, they wouldn't have to pay some exorbitant price. And I think, you know, seeing Foles with Reich again is like worth a shot. And maybe you feel like he can hold you over and then Wentz can come back. It's not ideal, but I think I like that more than just giving this to Jacob Eason. It's funny you mentioned Nick Foles, BLJ. You know who happened to have a press conference on Monday? That would be one Nicholas Foles, who said, among other things, that he's better than the third string role he's in with Chicago. For the record, I'm not sure that that's true. Um, No, I agree with that. Come on. I don't know. Uh, He said he talked about, you know, potentially being traded. And basically he said, look, I don't want to go to someone that I don't know is what his quote was. When you have a great coaching staff, you have something special. The big reason we were great in Philly was we had a great coaching staff. It put us in a position to succeed. So he, I mean, he's basically saying like, trade me to the Colts, or I guess potentially the Chiefs with Andy Reid, but there's no reason in hell that Kansas City is going to trade for Nick Foles. So like, that's basically the only other spot where he can go. Um, If I'm Chicago, I'm definitely calling the Colts. 100,000% I'm calling them. Let's make a deal. Solves your quarterback, you know, one of your quarterback issues. The Colts should be, I mean, they have to be considering this. Um, And yeah, we'll see where it goes. I agree, though, that Carson Wentz has got to be like, golly, can I just get away from Nick Foles, please? Every time I think I'm out, this guy follows me. Well, speaking of these former two Eagles quarterbacks uh, stats, it's so it'd be crazy if, the Colts traded for Nick Foles from the standpoint of Nick Foles and Carson Wentz will have a direct impact potentially on who the Eagles next quarterback is because (laughs) now the Eagles are in a situation where they're probably not going to get that first round pick from the Colts. Obviously the two conditions to elevate it to a first from the second, which it is a second currently would be, you know, Carson Wentz either one plays 75% of the Colts offensive snaps or two, he plays 70% and Indy makes the playoffs. I just don't think it's looking super likely like that. We'll see. You know, I would say there's a non-zero chance, but I'm at this point, I don't think anyone is counting on it. Although it's interesting stats because it's like, that's disappointing to the Eagles. But at the same time, it's kind of like a relief to the Eagles in the sense that like, it doesn't look like Carson Wentz is going to be awesome this year and kind of make them look like totally stupid for trading him away. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a win from that perspective. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's weird to me that like these former Eagles quarterbacks could have an impact on the Eagles next quarterback because I mean, if the Eagles only have two first round picks next year instead of three, like we we're all assuming they would, especially with the Deshaun Watson talks coming up leading into training camp. I mean, that's just not looking as likely. That doesn't mean they can't get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or whoever. They could still, you know, trade a future first and having two is still pretty helpful, you know, but not having that extra pick uh, is not great. So uh, it's just a really weird dynamic here. It's that I didn't put that sort of I didn't put that in perspective. You're right about how the Eagles quarterbacks are going to have a direct influence on the team. It it's just weird for everybody. Um, It's possible that Carson Wentz can miss, you know, two or three games. And if he does sort of play in pain, like Frank Reich said, maybe he could hit that threshold. You know, I just I look at that schedule early on. That is brutal for the Colts. No matter who they get to play quarterback, if they escaped. Let's just take the first six weeks because it's a round number. If they were three and three through the first six weeks of the season, I would consider that a win for the Colts when you look at who they've had to play. 
So, I mean, if you could just kind of stay afloat there and then hope that Carson can come in. But like you said, he will have missed the whole preseason. He will have missed basically all of training camp. Nothing is good about this if you are the Colts at all. You're right. They got to make a decision on Frank Reich. Like, this is a disaster. Really bad. Um, the last thing I'll say on Nick Foles here is that the Bears would actually clear $4 million in cap space uh, trading him after June 1 now. So, like, again, incentive for them to do it. You don't – why are you paying, you know, a third-string quarterback, you know, this this cap number this year that's like $6.7 million. We, you, you could clear $4 million. So I, I just think there's a deal to be done there. But it comes down to, like, them like, – like, I guess either – getting Wentz's approval, which I'm guessing it's not going to happen, or them just being like, guess what? Like, the organization doesn't revolve around you, Carson Wentz. We have to do what's best for us, which is should how it should be. Yeah, I agree. And if you're the Bears, maybe you're just like, hey, give us a sixth-round pick, and this thing is done. Yeah, yep. You know, because it's worth, it's worth it to you, if you're the Bears, to have them off your roster to save the money. And let's be honest, you want to clear the runway for Justin Fields. Like, Get rid of one obstacle. Andy Dalton's going to play his way out of that if they decide to make him the starter week one pretty damn fast. You want to move on to that era. So the faster you get there, the better for Chicago. All right, that is going to put a bow on our Carson Wentz discussion. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our stock up, stock down training camp stories. Because like I said, there is a ton flying around out there. I know you have a point on the Eagles, BLG. I have one on the Niners. So we'll do that when we come back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the off day debrief. Let's take a look at some training camp stories, BLJ. You decided that we should do one stock up story and one stock down story. I want to let you go first here. What's your stock up training camp story? I don't have a stock up stats. I have a stock down to start with, and that is Jalen Hurts, who has not been looking, <laughs> I think, st- sticking to the theme of Eagles quarterbacks here. Uh, I don't think Jalen Hurts has had a bad training camp for the Eagles, to be clear. I think up and down is the the way to describe it. Uh, I actually did a nine winners and nine losers from Eagles training camp so far post on bleedinggreennation.com. Cheap plug by me right there. And <laughs> I was considering putting Jalen Hurts in like a I don't know category, something between winners and losers. But like the thing is that Jalen Hurts has a very high bar to clear, as we've talked about ad nauseum here uh, on the SB Nation NFL show. And I just don't think that Jalen Hurts kind of being just kind of solid uh, is going to be good enough for the Eagles to really make him their long-term guy. I think I'm not seeing any kind of night and day difference from Jalen Hurts 
he's unquestionably had some good moments. I don't, again, I don't think he's been terrible, but like the bar is higher than just not terrible. I think he has to be legitimately like really good. And in fairness to Jalen Hurts, it's early in training camp. Also, I don't think practices are necessarily going to show off his entire skill set because it's not like you really see him, the, the value of his mobility in a practice when the defenders can't even get near him or tackle him. So, you know, it's not necessarily the ultimate place for Jalen Hurts to thrive, but like he just hasn't been getting out the ball quick enough. St- uh, stats, Jalen Hurts had the slowest time to throw in the NFL last year at 3.39 seconds. The next closest was like Lamar Jackson at 3.17. So a significant difference. And also the accuracy issues are just still there. We're not seeing the ball always where it needs to be. And I, I just think that it is not the best training camp for Jalen Hurts. It's not the one he needs to cement himself as the Eagles long-term guy. I asked you for stock up, stock down. <laughs> you go stock down. You go Eagles quarterback situation. I should have guessed Philadelphia fan negative story coming out of training camp. You're playing into the stereotype. Well, why don't you give me something positive then? All right. Well, speaking of stereotypes, I was going positive and I was going Trey Lance to the and the 49ers. What a shock. How's he looking? Here's the thing. He's obviously you can't make the Hall of Fame in your first training camp with a Mm. team. But every single box that he has had to check off so far this year, he has checked from even little small, stupid things that just I'm probably overblowing like. That he was asked, are you going to buy a house now because you signed your contract and you're a millionaire? And he said, no, I'm staying where I am because I'm at the facility so much that home is basically just a place to sleep. Like, oh, yes, okay, stock up. I'll just check that box, all right? Now I look in Peter King's Football Morning in America column on Monday, and he's talking about he was at 49ers camp, so he had some observations there from camp. And one of the things that he observed was – that the 49ers gave an iPad to every player to study the plays in the playbook and yada, yada, yada. Of the 90 players in camp, guess whose iPad has registered the most minutes used on the team's internal server? Nate Sudfeld. Ha, ha, ha. Check that box. Thank you very much, Trey Lance. Niners players are telling Peter King how much they love him chucking the ball downfield and being aggressive. Mm. He used his legs for the first time in practice last week and was gashing the defense. Like every single box, check, check, check. And I know I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, but all you can do is check the boxes and he's hit them all. It's the honeymoon phase with Trey Lance. It's the Jason Garrett is gone. The next person is automatically so much better. And instantly the answer effect with Jimmy G to Trey Lance that it was for Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy for all the Cowboys fans out there. So, look, again, I I am not one to say fans shouldn't be excited stats because that's this time of year. I think it's in totally rational even if it is irrationally optimistic i get you know this is the time to be excited and to to see all those good training camp reports and to have hope that's that's this time of year that is not the time of year when your team is 0-2 all of a sudden which the 49ers obviously will be and then things start to look worse <laughs> and then everyone wants kyle shanahan fired at everything but uh we can hold off on that just yet good good for the 49ers that trey lance is looking good it's important i think for a player who we've talked about just so like unexperienced or inexperienced is probably the correct word uh especially just like just the precedent of that i just i think it's wild and we'll see if he's the week one starter um tbd but uh i guess you you have to be really excited this is the weird thing and i am really excited by the way i have said forever from the moment they made the trade whoever they draft should be the starter right out of the gate all the 49ers hosts on the niners nation podcast network have said 
Trey Lance, start Trey Lance right away. You got to play him. And all the 49ers beat writers, for whatever mm. reason, and I think it's because they all were adamant that the pick was going to be Mac Jones, are like <laughs> acting like the rest of us wow. are idiots, right? That Trey Lance should never – you can't start Trey Lance right away. He has to sit and learn. He's not pro-ready because he played at North Dakota State. And then I look in the athletic. Matt Barrows covers the Niners for the athletic, and he has this note in his first training camp notes. The notion that Lance could overtake Garoppolo early in the season, which seemed so far-fetched on draft day and after OTAs, appears far more realistic today. Yeah, hmm. no sh. This was always going to happen. You don't trade three first-round picks to move up from 12 to 3 in the draft to draft a guy and have him not play. How these simple, obvious things are not getting through to the beat writers that cover the 49ers, I do not understand. What is happening here? And I keep telling people, go to NinersNation.com. Kyle Posey is at the practices. He files reports after every practice of everything that went on. And I'm telling you, it's like he and the rest of the 49ers beat guys are watching different teams. It's unbelievable the stuff that they don't put in their reports that Kyle Posey's putting in his. It's mind-boggling here. And I don't know how they're not getting it. Well, maybe you guys are too biased towards Trey Lance and against Jimmy G. No, it's not all good. It's not all good land stuff. Kyle's last okay. report said is he was, you know, inaccurate all over the place. Like, but like, tell us what the hell's going on. How are we, how are they so different? How can you watch the same team and come up with two different things? Well, first of all, so you're saying stop, stock down on 49ers reporters, really just going stock after them down hundred percent. I'm all in on against them this year. Number two, as someone who does cover training camp on a daily basis here, stats, I can kind of give you the inside scoop. Go um, ahead. I will say, like, there is definitely something that happens every summer where, like, a certain thing, like, let's say, for example, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts has been looking great. Again, not bad, but just not great. Now, another reporter, I think, will be like, Jalen Hurts is looking really good this summer. And then you'll see the fans will be like, how, how, you know, who's lying here? Like, how is this true? I think part of it is that this is football. And a lot of it is it's not baseball stats where like, you know, all of the actual statistics are very kind of cut and dry. And I feel like it's kind of hard to argue at a certain point. Does this guy have a good war or OPS or whatever? Or does he not? Like there's so much more subjectivity in football and especially training camp. There's so many things to watch. There's 90 players out there. You're like you're looking at many different things and they're not always just practicing on the same field doing one drill at least for the Eagles, I know, like they're doing sometimes two separate sets of 11 on 11. And you're trying to look at a bunch of different things at once. And also, you're not standing, depending where, again, <laughs> yeah. teams are reporting. But like, you're not standing right there on the sideline or always have the most optimal view. Sometimes players in the way or fans are in the way or whatever. They're just far down the field. So there's a lot of, you know, gray area here. Training camp reporting is not an exact science. It's not, you know, precision. Um, so I think that's some of it. I think another part of it stats is that, and I kind of subscribe to this idea in most years is that I know that, it's always fun to get excited about the young players and it's ideal for them to take over. But I'm a believer in competition where like, I'm not going to just hand a young player the starting job if they're not earning it. Like they have to earn it. You have to make them go out and earn the job. You cannot just say you're automatically the starter, no matter what, no matter how bad you might be in training camp. Now, if it's close again, I think you should stick. You should go with Trey Lance, but if Trey Lance is head and shoulders below Jimmy G, Jimmy G in training camp, then I think you have to stick with Jimmy G.
But like, why? Let's say Jimmy G goes out and kills it this year. Is he going to be the quarterback next year? No, he can't be the quarterback next year because the way they're paying their team, they can't afford to carry a quarterback making that much money when Bosa's going to need a new contract. Kittle's the top paid tight end. Trent Williams is the top paid tackle. Right now, Fred Warner is the top paid linebacker. Like you can't pay all these dudes and also have a quarterback making $25 million. You need a quarterback on a rookie contract. Well, I don't think he should be on the roster, which is a whole different, you know, issue and conversation. But assuming he is on the roster, which he is currently, then I think it's a situation where you're building a culture here, stats of like you want the best players to play and you want players to show up and bring it. And how do you look at it? Like, how do you look at other players if you're going with a lesser guy just because he's younger when another person is like busting his button again? head and shoulders above. I'm not saying it's close. I'm saying it's like so clear that like one player is just not as good as this other player and other players isn't playing. I think that's a bad precedent for culture reasons. You're not like setting a standard of you have to bring it every day. And if you do, we're going to put you in there if you're really good. What you're saying makes complete sense. I can't deny that, but I just think what must be done eventually, what must be done immediately. Jimmy's not going to be the guy in the future. So get rid of him. Even if you don't, if you can't get him off a team because nobody wants to trade for him, fine. But Lance should be the guy from day one. Get him the most snaps. I just think it's crazy to do it. If you had any faith in Jimmy Garoppolo to one, stay healthy all year, or two, play well enough to get you to the Super Bowl, you don't make the move for Trey Lance. If you just want a quarterback as insurance in case Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, you could have gotten one this offseason, and it would have been a hell of a lot cheaper than three first-round picks plus. So that's why, to me, the 49ers are screaming at you what they are going to do. So just do it and stop pretending otherwise. Do you have any other stock up, stock down stats? I did have one more stock down. Um, And it's not really with a specific team. It's more just in general. And it's any team that does not have their players vaccinated. And I'm talking about Mm. the Minnesota Vikings, where you look and they three of their quarterbacks had to go on the COVID list. Because Kellen Mond tested positive and the other two and Kirk Cousins and the other guy, I can't even remember right now, but whoever was a close (laughs) contact. So they had one quarterback available to throw passes in practice. You look at the Washington football team that just had to put another person on the COVID list, which I believe now they're up to seven. And by the way, Ron Rivera is immunocompromised because he survived cancer last year. And nobody seems to give a shit about that. But I mean, what are these teams doing here? Michael Irvin said it, and a lot of people had a problem with it. But if you don't get the COVID vaccine, you don't care enough about winning. And I'm sorry, but when you look at how fast this thing can get out of control, potentially even faster than last year with the new variant, like the choice is easy here. This is going to be insane. And if you don't do this, stock down to you, stock down to your whole organization. Stats is fired up. He's dropping S-bombs. Uh, look, I agree, and I agree. Look, it's 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 not every day you will hear me say I agree with a former Cowboys player, but I do. <laughs> Michael Irvin is right. It, stats, I think about it as in, you know, these players are drafted or they go to a new, new team sometimes, and players are like, I'll just do anything to help my team win. If they need to put me out there, and let's say, like, we're talking about, like, a quarterback, if they need to, if they want me to play linebacker, I'll go play linebacker for him. Like, you see players say that all the time. But yet, when it comes to this, when it comes to the vaccine, you're not necessarily willing to do everything you can within reason to give your team a competitive edge to win. Like, I don't know. That's what it's all about. And it's not only it is a personal decision. It is your decision to make. But like it's everyone else's personal decisions to have feelings about your decision that you make. And that includes your own teammates and it includes a fan base. 
And yeah, I just don't. And, and also, I think a big thing where it kind of hurts as a team stats, especially when it's in big numbers, like Washington football team, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here, is one of the things that Eagles players have been talking about at training camp is how, like, it, how so nice it is to be back and able to like lift with each other again. Cause that's like where a lot of bonding and camaraderie, yeah. camaraderie is built and in the cafeteria too. Like unvaccinated players right now can't be in there. They have to eat lunch by themselves. I saw an Eagles player eating lunch by himself after practice Jeez. out on the field one day. Uh, shout out to Nandi Asawa of old when Nandi apparently used to eat in this car, um, <laughs> uh, different situation, but just made me think of that. And uh, yeah. So like, I just think that kind of, like not only is it competitive disadvantage in terms of not being able to potentially be available for your team and risking like a whole room getting infected, like it has already with the, the Vikings, but also like just like building team chemistry. And, you know, I don't know how much that matters in the grand scheme of things. Like if you don't have the talent, then that's not going to matter anyway. But like when you're talking about the most talented teams and you kind of need that extra edge and your team maybe doesn't have the best team chemistry because there's like division or they're just not all on the same page or whatever, then, you know, this there's I just don't see the upside from a competitive standpoint to not having it. I would be willing to bet that the playoff teams this year are all going to be in the upper half, maybe even higher of vaccination rates in the league. I just, I agree with you. It's just easier. Like it's just flat out easier to have everybody in the same room. There's no sense of division. And, and if you are like a bottom of the roster player or you're a free agent right now, like you almost have to get the vaccine because you need to be able to go and fly into teams and work out and all that stuff. You know, if you're on the street and you're looking to get a job during the year, like you need to be able to get in and out and get to these teams. If you're unvaccinated, that's going to matter. They're not going to say it publicly, but these teams are going to be like, we're not going to bring this guy in. By the time we get him in and he clears the protocol, like we need to get somebody in now. So you almost have to get the vaccine if you're in that role. So that's your final stock down stats. I did not have a stock up. Uh, maybe for the SB Nation NFL show. I'm going to give the SB Nation NFL <laughs> stock up because we're back in full force. It's going to be great. Uh, daily episodes during the weekdays. Also, a new Sunday show this year. That's fun. Sunday wrap-up show, uh, I believe, during the regular season. So that'll be fun. So a lot of good stuff here. And uh, that's my cheap way out of picking a stock up because I don't really have one. Uh, I, I feel like stats and I, and I feel like listeners, I've let you down in that my scope of the league has been a little out of focus because I've been so engrossed in Eagles training camp and my brain is living in there and I'm just living and dying with everything there being every day. So, uh, yeah. Apologies. Don't say that. You never let us down, BLG. And you're absolutely right, by the way. You know, that Sunday show, that's going to be hosted by yours truly. So I'm looking forward wow. to that. Getting a chance to do the wrap-up show with you every Sunday, reacting to everything that went on. We'll catch you up on what you need to know if you happen to be, you know, out with the family and maybe you couldn't plunk your butt down in front of the TV for 12 hours on Sunday. Don't worry. We got you there. Monday Football Monday is going to be a live stream. We actually started yesterday. Monday Football Monday will be live stream, so you can watch it on the SB, at SB Nation NFL Twitter feed, a couple other places as well. So we are fully loaded and ready to go here, and it's going to be a ton of fun. If you haven't subscribed to the SB Nation NFL show, now is the perfect time. You don't want to miss a single episode. It is the best way to have a competitive advantage for you in your life and <laughs> fantasy and just talking about football with your friends. Like just, you know, you got to have it. You got to have the SB Nation NFL show in your life. So do it. 
Do it now. Enjoy your week, everybody. We will talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.